My name is Jeremy Devins, and welcome back to the Quiet Mind Astrology Podcast, where I talk about all things to do with Vedic astrology, the Indian astrology, based on your time, place, and date of birth. And today I'm going to be talking all about the houses, which I've been talking about through this whole season three. And if you're new here, you can check out quietmind.yoga/houses for the free guide that I created to give you an overview of the houses. Then you can go back through the past several episodes and learn about what each house means for you. Before we get into today's topic, which is what happens if there's no planets in a house? If you look at a space in your chart and there's no planets there, it's empty. Does that mean that there's nothing going on in that area of your life? Of course not. But before we get into that, I'm going to talk about the Mindful New Year Retreat. I'm hosting January 17th and 19th outside of Austin, Texas in 2020. If you're listening to this after that, you can still go to mindfulnewyear.com and be on the waiting list for the next one because I'll be doing it again next year. But if you're listening to it now, you can go check it out and sign up. There's an online version and there's an in-person version. You can come for one day or three days. Or if you if you want to really get all of this planned out for the whole year, a whole map of the next year of transits, there's some major stuff going on with Saturn and Jupiter coming up. And how that affects you specifically is all about the houses that it's in. So that's why you really want to know this stuff about the houses to be able to apply it. But if you want to learn more about Mindful New Year, it's at mindfulnewyear.com. So today, again, addressing if there's no planets in a house. So this is where we have to talk about house rulers, which I'll get into more in a future episode. But essentially, there's really no such thing as an empty house. There might not be a planet directly in that house. So let's say if you're looking at a North Indian style chart, and that's the one with the diamonds and the triangles, and that first diamond on the top is your first house, So that's your body, your health, your physical body, your appearance. These are all first house qualities and things, and you don't have any planets there. But you have Aries there. So just to make it simple, so Aries, the first sign of the zodiac, the number one will be in that first diamond. And that means Aries is in your first house, and that's when we start to look at uh, house rulers. So what rules Aries? That would be Mars. As you go back to the the planets episodes, you can listen to that. And so Mars rules Aries. So that gives us a clue. And just knowing the Zodiac alone gives us a clue. But that tells us, so we look where Mars is in the chart. So this is going to tell us what area of your life is affecting your first house. So let's say that Mars is in your 10th house of career and Mars is ruling your first house. So that would tell me that maybe your appearance, your first house qualities are tied in to your career qualities. So maybe your career has something to do with your physical appearance and your body. Maybe you're an athlete because Mars is the most athletic and competitive planet and Aries is the most competitive and athletic sign. They're synonymous in a lot of ways. And Mars is in Capricorn, which likes structures, right? So I know Mars is in Capricorn because it's an Aries rising chart. And if I count 10 away from that first house, I end up with the 10th sign. And I'm in the 10th house, and that's Capricorn. Uh, So Mars is in Capricorn, which is Saturn, ruled by Saturn. So now you can start to see how we start to move through the chart. So I look where Saturn is in the chart. 
And that's going to tell me a little bit about not just the career, but also now the first house. It's going to tell me about your appearance. So maybe Mars is with Saturn in the career house. And that's just going to mean that you have a very disciplined, patient, patient and structured approach to your work. And this would be great for a strategic athlete or some sort of strategic coach. Uh, you're go this person is going to love working with their physical body in their work and they're going to work hard and they're going to be like the kind of person like Will Smith who said, you know, two things that can happen if we, if you and I get on a treadmill, uh, there's only two things that can happen. Either uh, I'm going to die or you're going to give up first. So it's like, I'm going to keep going no matter what. So Will Smith has an incredible hard work ethic. He's a very strong Saturn and Mars. Right, so this is an example, and it's in his career as well. This is an example of what it might be like. And then Will Smith's physical body is quite well fit. And I'm not looking at his chart. I'm just using that as an example of the kind of things this person might say. So that's somebody with Aries in the first house, but no planets there. But now I've looked through their chart and I see, okay, well, Aries is the first house, so Mars is ruling that. So let's look where Mars is. And then let's see what so Mars I know is in Capricorn so let's see where Saturn is and that's just to keep this example simple Saturn is also in the 10th house so that tells me this person is hardworking and athletic in their career and they might use these kind of metaphors like the Will Smith one that I gave an example of now let's say maybe in your relationship so in your seventh house in the bottom diamond there's no planets there. Does this mean you're not going to have a good relationship or you're not going to have any relationship? You're doomed to be single? No, that's not the case at all either. So we look at, for <clears throat> using this example again, let's say it's uh, Aries rising and we've got uh, Libra in the seventh house. So if you remember, and if you're even coming from Western astrology, it's the same for a lot of this. Not everything's the same, but uh, what rules Libra? What planet what graha, a grasp of space, rules the sign of Libra. That would be Venus. Venus, the planet of love and beauty and artistic qualities. So, so this person who's Aries rising now has uh, nothing in the seventh house. Right? So there's no planets there, no grahas, but there is a graha affecting that house. And whenever I do readings and I look for... Uh, what sign ruler look look just looking at these house rulers and uh, saying that th maybe there is an empty house but look for the ruler a lot of times those readings those predictions and those thoughts are the most resonant and the most accurate uh, so this stuff is very powerful so let's say for this example that Venus is ruling the seventh house but it's not in the seventh house but it's ruling it so let's say that the Venus is in the sixth house. And uh, this knowing Bhavat uh, Bhavam, something I'll get into in the future, knowing the relationship of the houses, that's not so good for relationships to be uh, 12th from its own sign. So this might bring challenges in the relationship. And Virgo is there and Venus is considered debilitated in Virgo. So that's doubly challenging for relationships but again i'm looking at i'm not really exactly looking inside of the seventh house right which is what i showed you in the previous lesson and what i teach in the the free guide at quietmind.yoga houses that's like level one is just look at okay what's in the houses 
And then you say, well, nothing's in the house, so maybe it's not a big deal. But my relationships are super challenging, so why is that? Well, this might be the case. If you're an Aries rising and you have the Libra uh, in the seventh house and that's ruled by Venus, so Venus is ruling your seventh house, but it's in the sixth house and it's debilitated in Virgo, and this is going to turn the loving, nurturing, sweet, beautiful kind of Venusian qualities into the the sort of analytical, cold, uh, calculated qualities of Virgo. Like Venus and Virgo is, is challenging. It's not to say that it's like impossible to find love or be content in love, but Virgo by nature is fault-finding, and love requires a sort of letting down of a guard and letting down of that fault-finding. Uh, so in relationship, you are either it's you are going to be the fault finder or your partner is because Venus, especially if it's uh, a man, the Venus represents the female partner in a male woman relationship. Uh, but in general, for all people, Venus is an indicator of relationships. So this would say that Venus is uh, the, the relationships are going to be challenging because there's going to be this sort of like cold analytical aspect to it and the sort of nitpicking and fault-finding aspect to the relationships. And there could be losses and a difficult loss of relationship because it's the 12th house from this, from the, uh, from the, where the seventh house is from itself. So if you remember just in general what the 12th house means, that's loss. And we'll get into that when we get into sort of house relationships in the future. But just knowing now that that would be a really challenging aspect and situation for relationships without even having any planet in the seventh house. There's a lot going on there. Right. So I hope this is helpful, giving you a sort of overview and idea of what you can look at. If there's not a planet in a house, now you can look at what planet rules that house and what that planet's doing. So now there's this level of relationships. And this is where astrology can get very deep very quickly. And then you start to see, well, this now this one is ruled by that one. And there's this sort of layer upon layer of what's ruling what in your chart. And for some people, it's like everything ends at, like I read a chart recently, everything ended at Mercury. So everything in her life was essentially ruled by Mercury. For you, it might be more complex. It might be more uh, different things going on in that but for example if everything was ruled by mercury like she sees everything from both sides she's very sort of dualistic thinking and that like oh it could go this way it could go that way it's a dual sign mercury is mercury is a dual planet so uh, it sees everything from either way right so this is an example of how you could do that and hope this is helpful for you and pretty soon i'll be sharing the 2020 horoscope for the whole year and if you want to hold guidance through the whole year in detail for your specific moon sign, you can go to mindfulnewyear.com and check out the online course and the retreat that I'm offering, which does exactly that. All right. Thanks for listening and look forward to sharing more with you soon.